of the Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them about their starting industry, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves, and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Geometry Wars 3 Dimensions by Lucid Studios. Craig, who are you and what do you do? Hi, I'm uh, Craig. I'm a uh, creative director at Lucid Games. So uh, I basically, sorry. That's the first question. Okay. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that's what easy. I am. We start easy. Like, yeah, we like, start easy. Yeah, like any video game, you start really easy, and then there's like a, you know, bit of a. Well, we're getting that wrong, so that's a good start. So yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, you yeah, know, yeah, uh, our creative director at Lucid Games, um, one of the, one of the sort of guys who helps uh, work with the teams, helps sort of establish a vision for games and uh, sort of develop them all the way through so kind of design a design-led obvious uh, project uh, sort of role okay so you were, we were chatting before we started recording and uh, mm. you gave hints well not hints as you stated it outright that you've been making games for quite a while so can yeah. you give us a bit of a potted history of uh, your time in the yeah, okay. video games? Yeah, I mean, uh, started out when I was quite young, was sort of knocking around with a few friends, making small runs of very very, very crude Spectrum games, um, and then we uh, started making Amiga games. Um, that's did you covered do demos, discs. Or did you just... uh, we did, we did, we did do Yay. some de- mega demos and things like that, yeah, <laughs> in the, the olden days. Text, doing yeah. call-outs to Colonel, the Colonel for the chicken and <laughs> things like that on the scrolly texts, yeah. So yeah, we've been there, done that yeah. in the uh, did um, share some shareware games, which were sort of like seventeen bit, and they became sort of teen seventeen, and so we did all that sort of stuff, and then uh, we got <coughs> sort of uh, attracted to the bright lights of the big city, and ended up at Rage, and worked all sort of, and then at Argonaut, which was fantastic. Um, so being around, sort of a southern developer, and then. From there, moved up, dabbled with some mobile phone stuff, as everyone did at some point in their, their long careers. And uh, which which era? Because there's multiple eras of the. Oh, uh, it was phone. the it was the era before before iPhone. Um, right, so it was before the so, smartphones. It was yeah, I, it was quite interesting. Yeah, I worked with mm. Sega, and we did like Sonic, bought Sonic and stuff onto the onto the phones. I think we did the first proper versions of Sonic the Hedgehog and stuff like that, which was quite good because from a console background, you, you write games very... Well, we had the idea of frame-independent stuff, whereas at that time on mobile phones, everyone was locked to a frame, so the phone was slow, the game was slow. You know, you didn't, they didn't have the concept of separating the renderer and the game, so we even on like quite crappy phones we would get sonic feeling like sonic the hedgehog even though it didn't always look the same and it was quite a big thing and you know at the time you know it was a big it was just one of those things when you start writing games you're writing them all your life which pretty much i have been involved with it 
you kind of pick up on things and then you go to sort of different industries because that was a no, sort of a relatively new industry even at that time. Mm. And uh, you can sort of bring stuff and it's amazing some of the stuff you, you, you almost forget. And then when you go into sort of different avenues of it, you find that people haven't haven't had those inroads, you know, and sort of you bring them stuff. So that was quite it was quite good fun, really, okay. um, doing that sort of stuff. And then just hankered to obviously getting back into console. I think mobile's got this amazing dream, where for me, I, my mum started playing games on her phone. Yeah. I'm like, this is the future. <laughs> like every, everyone everyone's got the phone, and then someone who makes games, it was like. You know, I can create games for everybody. They can all, well, you know, this is a huge potential thing. You know, everyone loves playing. Let's tap into that. But then, especially in those days, it was a very um, controlled market. You know, you had to, you could create the best game in the world, but unless people like Vodafone or Orange wanted to prop it on their deck, it was called in those days, it became very hard for anyone to know about it. You know, now I've got the App Store, which is kind of a free market. Yeah, so, but it has rapidly become a race to the bottom for many cases. Yeah, well, then there's, well, the problem with things like the uh, now is there's so many. It's it's the the model of funding. You know, any I could write a game and stick it out for free, whereas someone can spend three years with a gang of really talented people and make a game which is the same development, almost as like a console game. And you know, how are people going to perceive the difference? Would they pay ten pound for that game, which could well be worth it? I think that's always the problem with mobile. It's still an exciting thing, mobile, and I think the right thing on the mobile can still be very exciting, but um, it's finding the right the right product. Well, we've had Barry Mead from Fireproof on, on uh-huh. the show, and uh, he's done The Room and The Room 2, of course, or not him personally. Uh-huh. But they've, uh-huh. And they're, they're examples of premium, as you call, games on, the mo- on, on well, mm. uh, smartphone platforms, let's call it yeah. that. And brilliant. Fantastic games that do have a beginning, middle, and end, and no microtransaction. That's it. That, that, yeah. You, just, you know, and uh, he, he's very much a stalwart of. No, you can still make regular games on those platforms, and people do with varying degrees of success. Mm-hmm. So, okay. no, I, I think he's right. I think he's right. I think you just have to choose the right product. Yes. You know, it's uh... be, be prepared to stand by it. That's yeah. Yeah. So, but you you didn't go into that realm. You went into consoles. Yes, went back to consoles again. Was yes, sixty was it? Or... Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, basically, I've, I've pretty much made a game for every, probably, well, definitely every console. I think pretty much since the PlayStation One. I think it was yeah. So we were back then. It was uh, yeah. We did Night X launch uh, Xbox titles and Xbox Three Sixty. So yeah, with the same now, and we've obviously you know quite up to date with um, Xbox One and PS4 and stuff like that. So I think it's an it's an amazing time, it's an mm. exciting time. But it sounds like all oh, very sort of um, glib to say that. But let's consider, you know, the PS4 and the Xbox One have similar architecture, don't yeah. they? Uh, similar. similar, yeah, similar, definitely similar remit in power. Both got their strengths and weaknesses, but everything has. But um. I think it is an exciting time. It's it's whenever whenever you make a video game, you always want more. That's just the nature of even with these new generations. You think, oh, it'd be great if we could do X, Y, and Z, and um, you know, even like something like Geometry Wars. Some people look at it, go, oh, that's, oh, it's, oh, that's a simple game, but you know, it's actually doing some some crazy stuff with like the grids and the calculations and and all that. You can it's amazing how you can even push the maths on those, and it's. 
it is exciting though and i think the one of the other exciting things with these new machines is the sort of sharing and the you know the, the connected functionality of them i think yeah, the idea that is that yeah. is crazy isn't it having just the having that button yeah on one of the machines actually yeah on both really but um, yeah. one of them actually has the word go on hit it share Exactly. You know, uh, I tend not to because I'm profoundly bad at games, um, <laughs> but maybe I should because because I am profoundly bad at games. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. <laughs> Chris, can't you? There's comedy that? in that, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. I love like platformers, but I'm you know just it's excruciating at them. It's just even ever since Jet Set Willy with his pixel perfect jumping. Yeah. You know, ever since Banyan Tree level, like I'm just scarred for life. Um, thanks, Matt. Thanks a lot, you crazy man. You. Um, anyway, so that's an amazing sort of history. I mean, to uh, go through uh, various revolutions and evolutions of yeah. systems. I personally think that the latest is very much an evolution from the previous mm. generation. Uh, you may disagree with me like vehemently for that, but as a consumer and a user, not a maker... Uh, it, from the outside in, it looks like it's an evolution from and taking aspects of gaming culture and shoving it into the platform itself. Do you think that's right? Yeah, I think I think there is definitely. I, I think it has to be. I think I think, but it's like if you look at any product design, or if you look at product lifecycle of most things, there's the innovation. The real innovation comes at start, um, like even cars, really, all these things. They, they, the real like bounding sort of big jumps come at the start. And then when the formula is about right, it just has to become this, this it is this evolution. It becomes this um, refinement of product, which is really what these new consoles are. I mean, they're amazing. I mean, I love having them. In a way, I'm really enjoying owning them. But as you say, it's, but the big jump from going from a Mega Drive to, to a PlayStation 1, you know, that blew people's minds. It did. That dinosaur demo, I remember, because yeah. uh, similarly like you, I'm very old. And uh, we can share on the oldness thing. And uh, I remember, <laughs> I remember um, first getting hold of PS1, and uh, yeah. it just looked well, it wasn't called that back then. Because it was a PSX, I think. Yes, so, exactly. It was PSX. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it, was, it was a, um, you know, wipeout. That was amazing. Yeah, uh, looking playing Tekken, which again I I loved Way of Exploding Fist and stuff, yeah. and playing those those beat 'em ups all those years. But that was a not at the time it was the pinnacle. Going, this is ridiculous. This is, <laughs> this is just ridiculous. Yeah. So um, yeah, very very excited, um, exciting time for seeing those three D visuals, and it was a definite leap. And I do believe that the leap from the PS One to the PS Two was. Or whatever hmm. generation we call it, because yeah. we have the Dreamcast as well. Story Dreamcast. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. To be honest, sorry, sorry. the Dreamcast that, <laughs> was, in that generation. That, yeah, the, the, the unsung hero. Let's, yeah. let's be clear, because I have a Dreamcast and it's still working. Thank you very much. Yeah, I was actually going to say, still, I, actually, still, it's, there's still one under my telly next to the. Uh, I was uh, to be honest, talk about games that I'm playing. It's yeah, I still play quite a lot of uh, shoot 'em ups on Dreamcast. Oh, There's an amazing shooters, classic shooters on Dreamcast. Oh, you so. mean the up and downy shooters? Yeah, yeah. FPSs. Okay. Scrolling, them, scrolling them, shooters. Yeah, I call them lefty righty or up and downy. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, shmups, proper shmups. Shmup, yeah. Proper shmups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. But so it's a long history. Um, who, who do you think? Mm. What do you think you gain uh, influence from? What is the thing that you've found over the years? You've gleaned the most from it can't can't doesn't never be one thing it could be just 
a medium like literature you generally got your stuff from or, yeah. or science fiction films or I don't know what yeah, it's it's a weird one really I mean one of the things that I know it sounds really really weird but I, I, I love everything um, outside I, I kind of like uh, looking at things like pop culture I like I like looking at um, sort of film magazines and stuff like that yeah um, I, find, I find them really inspiring in certain ways where I mean, there's a lot of people, a lot of thought, and a lot of real sort of um, sort of uh, I'm trying to think of sort of futurist isn't the right word, but people who predict trends, yeah, and and a lot of the things within Hollywood because obviously if they're going to invest two hundred million to make a movie, you don't want to be making a science fiction movie where in two years' time people are going to be mad into X, Y, and Z, mm. and 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 at the same time you get these amazing art directors and all of these. You, sometimes an image can be enough to inspire you to create a game, and then, you know they, you can look. It's something you think wow that's amazing imagine if you could do this or imagine if you took it and you would twist it in such a way um you could be in that ship or you could be in this this environment or this scenario how could i play in that and i think that's one of the things i think is really fascinating i love toys as well actually to be honest it's i'm a big kid luckily i've got kids which it doesn't make too bad but i think you can when you when you play with your like when you want to play with kids or you just look at toys i still love going around toy shops um, and I, I think it's a parent. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have to be careful. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not other people's I have, kids. Yeah, I have nieces and nephews. It's all right. Yeah. And it's still yeah, like exactly. I don't like going in those places. Like, I'm going to get arrested now, probably. <laughs> Like ah, most of, yeah, I know. I'm being silly, but it's, it's always Star Wars figures. You always get grown men by Star Wars figures, anyway, don't you? So uh, it's you can always it's it's it's. I, I think toys. I mean, toys, film magazines. They like kind of really interesting to me, and just I think just trying to. I mean, I'm a. The other big inspiration for me as a young child was I grew up. I grew up, grew up by the seaside near Great Yarmouth, basically. Okay. So. From a very early age, like the seventies, when you know, games machines were brand new. I mean, we were talking like you go and play black and white versions of like Space War and stuff like that. So they've always been a massive part of my life, um, and I think there's a purity. And to be honest, a lot of my, a lot, I do like a lot of real classic arcade stuff. Um, I mean, you know, and, and as like from a designer point of view, people like Yu uh, sort of um just the sort of. Uh, you're the AM2 stuff and how that developed and they, where they merged technology, but they use it in such a way to bring new gameplay experiences. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's so, I mean, really exciting. I mean, and, you know, all the classic Capcom era, when they had that massive phase of some amazing games. And I think, uh, you yeah, know, they, they're a big, sort of a mash of all of that. You know, you can go through in any creative job, sometimes, there's so much satisfaction in creating a pure system and a really fantastic, addictive, pure core in a game loop. But then also you will sometimes aspire to in like the emotion we to get all these from these film things and, and a stark image from a design. I think, how can we bring that? How can I make that feeling of someone who cares about that? And, you know, you sometimes dissect it and you break it all down and go off and sort of stroke your chin about things. But um, I think it's trying to mix all of these things together. There's lots of influences, really. Um, less so, probably, from other games. If you, and I don't mean it in an arrogant way. So no. loads, love loads of games, but I, I think there's you can look at a game and go, well, they've done that really well. They've yeah. been, been inspired by that, or and and you know, I love lots of other games, and you know, like everything, I try to consume as much as I can. But um, I think to try to come up with especially an original concept or a deviation from a norm i think you get try to get the inspiration for other things mm. um so i think that's that's always quite in- otherwise you feel a little bit like a 
that you've taken, you sort of, you know, there's less chance of getting a, a new, in, really interesting twist on something. Well, you're almost like a vulture, aren't you, picking away? Yeah, I mean, it's, I it's it's hard for me to say. Yeah, that, but, you know, it's, it, um, yeah, I'm, it's like when Threes games, came out on the phone. Threes is a fantastic mm, game. Oh yeah, brilliant. All yeah, the others brilliant. are guff, in my humble opinion. No <laughs> offense to the makers of Twenty Forty Eight and stuff. Yeah. No, it's just Threes. Threes had the idea. Didn't threes they? had the idea, and Threes is still great. And yeah. they're still updating it. It's like Cannibal. They're still updating Cannibal. You know, it's like, it's fine. Because Cannibal was the first infinite runner. Well, it probably wasn't. That's wrong, Chris. But yeah. it was the one that appeared on the, the, the smartphones first. And it was really, really good. Yeah. Was, although it was a flash game. But the point is, you know, I, th- I, I want to go rewind a little bit about it. And you're absolutely right. You could see someone. You could see someone walking across the road wearing a yellow coat or something. Yeah. That would trigger something. They'll yeah. just trigger something and then it'll just explode into something like, oh, yes, and this, this amazing magical yellow coat that, that makes you fly and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> and it's just, and that's, that's really what creativity is about. I just wanted to tease that out of you because I do think, it is that, you know, something else I said on the show before sometimes we need developers who don't have any interest in Star Wars, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm the, I can't say I'm the biggest fan. I love Ewoks, though. I think they're brilliant. Yeah, so. they're, they're, I mean, although someone pointed out to me like, many, many years ago, they said, um, if you notice the Ewoks, yeah, shark eyes. Oh, <laughs> look at it. Go, what? Shark eyes. they got no oh, really? They're just black. Oh, well, probably makes them, that makes them cute, though, I know, it? but no, but he said no. It's just, it means they're dead inside. Like, jeez, <laughs> get over it. Like, come on. Oh, I think Caravan of Courage is still the best Star Wars film, isn't it? you got to go some of it. Uh, You've got to so. go some, certainly. You've got to go some. Um, yeah. So, considering your long, sort of, lustrous history throughout the industry, who do you most admire? Hmm. Oh, I mean, i say definitely... I mean, I've worked with some really great people, um... Uh, and to be honest, you know, I get I get a lot from like I work with lots of really great programmers, really, and you, know, you kind of make friends, and you sort of. Um, it's, it's to be honest, I admire most of the people who put up with me or work with me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, but um, but you know, I've had some. It's been some really really uh, sort of interesting people. When I was at like um, uh, um, uh, names now. And I was at Argonaut. There was obviously some great people. There were some great coders as well. There was a guy uh, called Carl, who was one of the guys who was sort of one of the chief architects of the Super FX chip and did all of this cool stuff. Um, and there was Jez as well, who you know, who guided Starglider, which was a game that I absolutely loved. Yeah, um, that was, and then that was, a, you know, that was a special work of genius. I yeah, it was amazing. Well. People, oh, I loved the second one. Most people yeah. don't talk about the second one, but that oh, was just dropping well, a nuclear bomb. Yeah. You know what I mean, on the on the sun. For me, they had a weapon that would actually create a, um, a singularity, and yes. you'd actually suck the ship. They would actually it would come. It would become inverted, and then just it would start. It would uh, implode because it would fly into itself. <laughs> it's, 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 it's an amazing game. I mean, yeah, always wanted them to do a Star Glider three. Yeah. I'd love Star Glider three. Well, Kickstarter, you never know. Yeah, exactly. Any say word, but uh, and then, and then you know, I mean, uh, so I, I, yeah, I worked with uh, obviously when I was at Bazaar and there's people like Martin, and he was you know fantastic. He had some really, really you know uh, uh, great man with some really strong ideas as well. And so you know, it's it's amazing. And, and again, there's so many talented people at Bazaar. It was, it was it was unbelievable, really. The talent pool there it was fantastic, and. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, loads of people. And then, like, for people I haven't worked with, it's definitely, I, I would probably say it's Yu Suzuki. is probably the designer who I, you know, he's done it all, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. He's done pure arcade awesomeness. And he's also done Shenmue, which, again, is a game which... Uh, it just blew my mind, and I know it's, it's a, a game bar- now that refuses to die, um, yeah. and rightly so. But it's like even decades—it's been decades. Ah, um, yeah, it's true. That's right. Yeah. You know, it's been what fifteen years, maybe. Um, it's like, come on, let go. Nope. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a third. Nope, there isn't. Yes, there is. I know. I know. It's it's crazy. I mean, it's it is really. You know, it's. Uh, it's it's one of those games. I mean, I, I I loved the first one. Really loved the first one because yeah. that got that sort of feeling of a small village and stuff like that. I thought it was. I just thought it was amazing. I thought it was just so. It was so bold. I mean, it was proper Sega. It could have gone and, very very wrong. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It, and it's not it didn't. It does, think, but, you know. Yeah, but you give it any, any great things, you know. Yeah. I mean, yes, you know, and it's it's one of those. And I think to be honest, I think sometimes. You know, it's very rare anything's perfect, mm. and and you maybe sometimes when things are so close to it, a few things aren't maybe stand out more. Um, yes. it's sort of weird. It's uh, but it's uh, I think it's a fantastic game. Well, that's um, it any medium suffers from that, doesn't it? Regardless of it, yeah, or any creative endeavor. Yeah, I, I, that's the thing. I mean, I think uh, it's some. Uh, it's, it's it's very weird. I mean, again, but when you work on any project, I mean, you, know, you you get very close to it, and sometimes. You, you can you can stumble on little things that maybe don't become apparent because you, you get lost in other areas and stuff. It's very very you know very, making a game is in nowadays, especially the complexity of some of these games, is just crazy. You know, and it's a uh, it's testament to a lot of skill and a lot of I mean, you know, unsung heroes of producers as well. You know, some, sometimes tie these things together on these like massive Assassin's Creeds and whatnot. You know, there's some uh, yeah, amazing. You know, one one part of me going, oh, that's really funny. They've got no faces on a cutscene of Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah. And then they go one minute going, oh, the poor sods. You know, I mean, they, they, they probably yeah. saw that. They probably were more horrified by it than the people who were playing the game. Well, that, that's you know. the truth, right? I mean, the, the people who make these, no one makes video games because they're like uh, wasting time. You know, all the guys I work with now, or the guys I've ever worked with, they do it because that's what they love. Yeah. And no matter if you're doing a Weetabix game or you're doing, the truth is you're trying to do your best in the scenario you've got. You know, and it's, and it's you know, sometimes you can work on a project and think, oh, it's a nightmare. This is going to be a nightmare. But you don't sit there and you don't you you still think well how can we make this the best we can in this situation and you know and, and these things they do happen. There's not one person who wanted that to happen. Do you know what I mean? No, no. So it's, I, uh, I thought it was quite. I was I was both horrified by it because it looks ridiculous. Like yeah. where's the fight? Oh, and there's another great video. The, the, there's a <laughs> I have to link it to it in the show, but there's this great video where. Um, the, the the two main characters was well, one character the main character he's, he's talking to someone behind a desk and he, then these two figures these two people just appear and they're clearly not supposed to be there <laughs> and they start shuffling around and moving around and the character walks through one of them and it's just like oh dear <laughs> and, yeah. they, and they look you know clearly kind of embarrassed because they're like 
we're not supposed to be here. They're, they're not even acknowledged by the two because they're not supposed to be there. It's just like, oh dear, you know. It's just yeah. Oh, and it's it, it's it, it actually it's a bit of comedy which is not required. It's like, but, I mean, you, they could have they could have said, oh well, that's just you know, that's the that's the virtual reality unit not working. And they yeah. did do that in the previous games. They actually had that as a, like a, you know, their big MacGuffin saying, oh, don't worry, it's just a VR thing anyway. If you see glitches, it's going to be a glitch because it's just a, you know, representation. Like, we can only take that so far. Yeah. <laughs> missing faces is a bit, you know, is a bit much. It, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you know, it's, you know, the people who would be the most horrified would be the people who were working on that game and they saw that because you know, they've been the ones doing the late nights. They've been the ones doing the... Uh, the, the work and then it comes out and you know you can guarantee this thing would be probably a fault just a minuscule fall along the line that creates this big big terrified result but it's uh <laughs> but it, it's happy i mean and, and anyone who's written video games just knows that these things you know the days now qa is amazing i mean you know we you know in the olden days we really haven't you'd play it send it and someone might give it a once over before they send the floppy disks off to get duplicated and, you know, I mean, I remember, what was it, um, something on the Amiga, it was a Dragon Ninja, I think, level two, you couldn't actually complete it, because you couldn't jump over, <laughs> they didn't put a jump button in, and the second level, you had to jump between, like, the different carriages of a car, I think it was a truck or a train, and you just couldn't do it, <laughs> but, like, it was that, and they meant to master the disc, and off it went, you know, it's, oh, it, God. You know, nowadays, at least, yeah, exactly, you know, it's, yeah, but it was out. Yeah, that would be all over Neogaf, and like, oh, God, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, let's play video of hell. Like, look at this. <laughs> exactly. God. But, it's, uh, <laughs> but it's just, it's, yeah. And, and yeah, nowadays, luckily, yes, we have QA and they do yeah. spot most of it. But such is the uh, complexity of some of these projects now. It can be very, uh, very uh, interesting and terrifying and upsetting at the same time. Speaking of playing games that are not so terrifying, <laughs> really bad segue, though, especially when I just actually identified it as one, which means it's not a segue anymore. Okay. Keep on people telling me that. Don't identify it because then it doesn't work. So, what are you playing right now? Of course, you're playing. I am indeed Geometry Wars Three Dimensions. Indeed, um, yep. I am playing that <coughs> stupid amounts. In fact, the amount of times like, no, Chris, you need to, you know, eat. Um, yeah, tell me about it. Sleeping is, is apparently a bad thing, according to Geometry Wars 3. Yeah. Like, just one more go. I'm sure I could. I can't. I can't, but you know. Hey, I, I beat a friend's high school this morning whilst boiling an egg. <laughs> so, okay, that was, a, that was an achievement. I was like, making a kiddie's breakfast. And uh, when you're a parent, it's the, the time is limited to sometimes sit in front of the TV and play a game. I was like, I'm boiling an egg. I've literally got like five minutes. Five minutes. I just gave one go and I managed to beat the score. It was fresh, fresh thumbs. Yeah, yeah. Fresh it's eyes. So so. Fresh eyes and fresh, yeah. yeah. Best ideas in the world happen in a shower. Yeah, they do, yeah. yeah. So, aside from that, far from it, because we've got the rest of the show to talk about that game. So, what else have you, okay. been, have you been diverting yourself with? Now, you said something uh, about Dreamcast earlier. Uh, to be honest, I'm pretty. Well, it's a part. I love shooting ups. So, I've been having a little quite a lot at the moment i've been playing Saivaria 2 which is kind of it's a good solid shoot 'em up that and under defeat which is still probably one of my it is all japanese imports yeah to be oh, honest okay. I, I, under defeat actually is out now it came out on 360 and ps3 as well okay. um like a port like not too long ago rising star oh, okay so, so, yeah, so that was pretty good that was you can get out that... for cheap and if you like more of a convention it's like choppers 
and it's a it's a really it's done by um, a fantastic studio called. Is that G- up and downy or lifty buddy? It's an uppy downy one that, oh, but it's right, and it's okay. but it's a beautiful one. Um, but they, the same people did a game called uh, Border Down, which is left or right you one if you, in your terminology, <laughs> and uh, I just adore that game. Still, I have to admit, I've been hooked on that, and that's over ten years I've been playing that. Still not brilliant at it. It's, it does the thing where you have kind of three skill you, you basically choose different skill and you get like a higher score but if you play the easier one you kind of have three lives and every time you lose a life it gets harder and oh. you sort of go down to the next level yeah it's it's you know it's a shoot 'em up it's you know and it's, and it's, a, it's a fantastic game and it's i think it's probably one of the greatest shooters of in, in my opinion of all time, I just adore that game. That's a dream car, and it's a rare Dreamcast game in this oh. day and age. Oh, right. But um, it is, it's that good. I, I went out, I bought, I had the special edition. I had a friend who lived in Japan. I got the special D directors. This is ordering through Sega, and you'd get like a little extra, right. being a fanatic of all these things, <laughs> like a mouse mat or something. I, I got that, but then at the same time, I was so desperate for it. To, and it sort of got lost in the post. We ended up buying the normal. But then, you know, ended up with two versions of it, which, oh. which uh, is just one of those where I just treasure. So in the end, the sealed, the, the double one stayed sealed, and uh, the uh, the other one's uh, my general copy. That's, that, that's probably worth a stupidly large answer. It is. I actually, we were only talking about Dreamcast games the other day at work, and we were looking, and uh, it's amazing how much some of them go for. Even like how ones like are sealed. It's quite strange, really. How much people? I mean, don't you? It's not strange because I'm the sort of person that goes and buys them, especially the shoot 'em ups. But uh, right. it's um, they can get. I think it's like two hundred pound for the special version of Border Down, yeah. which is a lot of money. But it's a fantastic game. Two hundred pound, yeah. mm, you know, <laughs> that's near enough for the same price as a PlayStation Four. But uh, it's uh, it's, it's a lot of money. Talk about sort of uh, shoot 'em ups. So recently on the podcast, we're having a debate about which is the best versions of which game on which system. It was all all 8-bit, so it was like C64, Amstrad, and and Spectrum. And, of course, R-Type came up. It reared its head, uh, which is the granddaddy of them all. Uh, Actually, it's not strictly true. It's probably Scrambles, the granddaddy of them all. uh, um, So uh, its distant uh, relative is definitely R-Type. And uh, the Spectrum won out on that that, that little little fight uh, for for good reason, I think. Um, But uh, I do find, you're right, going back to those pure sort of those shooters. Mm. I remember, remember playing Nemesis or Gradius. It eventually became. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nemesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just what freaked me out about those games is like just the bullet dodging. Didn't really yeah. comprehend that. It took a long time for me to go. So I should, yeah, don't let those anything. Yeah, uh, that's the first lesson you got to learn. It's like the circle strafe of uh, <laughs> of, uh, of uh, shoot, shoot 'em ups is definitely um, is definitely understanding patterns of bullets and then. Negotiating around them, yeah. And I mean, definitely now in your cave stuff is crazy, isn't it? Yeah, but you can. It goes way more complex than that. I understand. There's a lot more depth to it mm. than that. But that's the first lesson I understand. And I understand on an intellectual level doesn't mean I'm any good at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, I have to admit, uh, to be a game is you haven't got to be good at a game to love it. But no. you've got to, it's got to have clear, fair rules to get better at it. And I think yes. that's where you love a game. Yeah. Because you improve yourself. You, you, so. There's been situations where like, you're just not fair, you know, <laughs> yeah. and uh, that means that developers normally too close to it. Yeah, it can, it can, I mean, it's always a tricky one. I think um, you know, it's especially when you're doing a like a 
real arcadey style game is you have to be precise. There's a lot of precision that comes into things. Mm. Um, and then you have to, as a designer, you make that decision of, you almost have to be quite clinical at times to say, well, that's, that is fair if you're skilled. But if I soften that, then that loses the purity of the action. And so, like, um, shoot-em-ups, going into shoot-em-ups is the idea of health, right? It's like, um, to me, if I get hit by a bullet in a shoot-em-up, I should be dead. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I I shouldn't have a weird bar that goes down. That that, that loses the... Yeah. It's just, sorry, I'm jumping in there. I want to agree with you, but I want to add to this point that, no, I've been hit. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, I don't want another resource to worry about. Yeah. Okay? I've been hit. I'm an idiot. You know, or not an idiot. I just didn't. My reflexes aren't as they were. Well, what have you. I wasn't, yeah. I was too high off the board because the amount of times you're going, okay, I'm going to build up this big shot. I'm going to take out that. Oh, for God's sake. Mm. <laughs> you know, uh. And that's okay. That's fine. But, you know, with, certainly later generation games are like, oh, look, he took a bit of damage. No. no. Yeah. I think I, when I was working with like Steve when we were doing like you know uh, Retrovolve Two, he comes in. Yeah, one of the things you think is maybe we should do this. Maybe we should look at multiple hits and all of that. Yeah, you still go for these. You always have to think of it, right? Because in the environment you're in, especially you know larger console stuff, you, you have to have some sort of you have to have let, sort of more of a comeback as a play. You can't be maybe as absolute. It is fashionable. Modern design is less about absolute sort of action in some way. Um, but you sit there and think, well, no, you know, so, you know, I mean, you know, it's again, talk about, you know, cool people to own. I mean, Steve was great. He had his visions and his ideas and we had great discussions about stuff. And it was like, uh, you know, we played around with certain things, but it just didn't feel right. Although I do think there is something that could be done. There's still, it still sits there. How can you bring the idea of bringing your lives into the game as opposed to necessarily having an energy bar? And then there's that way can it's, be quite interesting. It's not a binary question. It is, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like, should we have this sort of, yeah, you're right. It's, there's, there's a way you could do it, but I can't mm. see it. I'm saying again, what do I know? I'm merely a journalist. Um, so, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever you come up with, I'm sure it would be interesting, but when yeah. you dilute the experience, that's what's the worry is, isn't it? I think, I think, I think there's, there's, there's definite ways around. I mean, you know just by nature you know we make these sort of games you think about these sort of games all the time and you're not necessarily making them but you do sort of these are the questions sort of the bigger questions sort of the way you can play with lives as a resource is interesting because energy is kind of another life really it's just a different way of representing it yeah and uh, so it's it's just interesting they're, they're, those are the sort of things and I think there are there are ways around it and there's Things that can be borrowed for maybe more other modern games and brought into that genre mm-hmm. that could work with a twist, but it's just finding the right thing. You know, it's little things playing around with in the office, and you start thinking, "Oh, this might actually feel right." But a good uh, game, like when you're making a 60 frame a second pure skill game, like a proper arcade game, yeah, you, you just need this clarity of decision within the game as well. Because yeah. I, I, you know, I think, I think that to me, that's 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 kind of key. Yes. Yes. <laughs> We've heard the word pure a lot in this discussion, so obviously there's that focus on that. And, uh, you know, uh, and yes, I have to agree. And there are some older arcade games that do actually deviate that a bit. I think personally Defender is... Mm. Oh, that's quite... Actually, it's a a fussy game. Yeah. There's a lot of mess in Defender. I'm sure we're going to get 
lambasted for saying this, but if you think about it objectively, as you play it, which is you know not that hard these days, you can easily get, get hold of the copy of Defender, yeah. and myriad of platforms, and have a go, or indeed play one of its you know variants. Oh yeah, lot of mess going on, and it's like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, yeah, it's a great game, but it, just... it has to be. Yeah, it's 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 one of my all time favorites. Still, that game, yeah, but it it's because it blew your mind at the time. But you see my point, I don't you? Yeah. There's lots of stuff going on. Like we've got to pick up people. Then you got otherwise these things turn into mutants, and then they start chasing after you. And like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm gonna go yeah. back to joust. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I mean, yeah, joust. Joust is also a massively fantastic game. Yeah. I love joust as well. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, let's continue the discussion on Fantastic Games where we now take us through to the second half of the show where we actually talk about Geometry Wars 3 Dimensions. First question is kind of easy, sort of like ramped up, new level now, drop down, and then we've got a new first easy question. Could you give us the pitch for um, Three Dimensions? What is it? Yeah, well, Geometry Wars Three Dimensions. I try to get into like show mode now. It's not very easy to do when I'm sitting at home on sofa, but uh, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it's very much. I mean, it's it takes um, it's the next instalment, obviously, in a Geometry Wars franchise, which is. Uh, you know, a hugely popular arcade game and it sort of takes it's the evolution of what we think is the score shooter um, we sort of pushed it on it's kind of got several new features some of the big things it's kind of got these uh, sort of new sort of new levels new different ways of playing new different sort of uh, tests essentially levels to play we've got 50 of these levels in an adventure mode uh, you have secondary more sort of secondary tactics so you've kind of got these drones uh, which give you, which have different skills and can act different sort of, sort of second to second tactics in the game, specials, uh, and it's also got all of the classic stuff as well. So it's, it's, we're very excited by it. We think it's, uh, it's, it's uh, sort of pure. It's got the, the same sort of heart as the original, the other games, but it's moved it on. So I mean, it's been six years since the last game, um, but it's still got that sort of uh, the sensation. It's still built around beating your friends and high scores. Um, and I think it's sort of yeah, it's 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 our it's our sort of move forward. We think with the franchise. So it doesn't have anything to do with the Wii games, then. It's oh no, I mean yeah, I mean definitely Galaxies. Um, yeah, it has definitely is part of yeah, it was part of the story. I mean, when we, when it was at Bazaars, uh, yeah, we did Retro Evolve two, and we were doing Galaxies um, around the same time, and so um, we had different. They sort of were different paths. I mean, internally, yeah, we were interested in seeing where we could go with it. I mean, Geometry Wars to us was an exploration of where we could go with fast arcade shooting, and it wasn't. We weren't. Uh, it didn't have to be just a one-level game. It could be. It could be all of these things. You know, it could be. Where could we go with that? Um, and so, yeah, Galaxies was definitely. I mean, yeah, it was a game. You know, at the time we were 
we, we explored certain things it was uh with the levels and the drones and stuff like that and then what we kind of did is we sort of refactored certain elements of those into into geometry wars 3 um you know, little things like the specials are things that you can actually now control yeah. that made it feel more precise again whereas before they would kind of get triggered off yeah. uh, um, and it was less about tactical planning. It, it was, you know, it's um, and again, some of the enemy types that we sort of came up with, on, you know, worked on, on galaxies were cool. But uh, the game was refined and more. We, you know, we've adapted different types and brought them into into dimensions. So it's 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 sort of a culmination of where it was and all the different avenues, and then we sort of brought it together, you know, and sort of used that as as sort of a sort of a seed for the ideas for where we went forward with. With dimensions. Okay. So, our uh, first question is not so much a design one, but it's more like mm. a, um, how you thought the uh, industry or the community, the video game community, would accept Geometry Wars. Because I've written here my query, and I think it's a bit yeah. dark, but I basically said the memory of Geometry Wars has faded. Uh, yeah. After, um, somewhat, and along with the twin stick shooter, they kind of faded into and have been replaced by other kind of genres like you know, uh, Match 3 stuff and all sorts of mm. stuff like that. Um, were you concerned that this would have impacted on the success of John Towards Three Dimensions? I think there's always that sort of problem. I mean, we yeah. internally as, as a team, we've loved, you know, we loved the games a lot. I, I mean, I loved working on, on the others and we wanted to, wanted to do this for a while, but I wanted to do it when it felt right. You know, we played around with ideas, and, and, you know, like some, you know, there'll always be, the other thing as well, when you do a game that, I mean, Retrovolve 1 was massively popular, and even when we did Retrovolve 2, there were some people who didn't like Retrovolve 2 because of the changes we made, you know, didn't like, why have we put a pacifism mode in, why have we done, why have we put geoms in? I love pacifism mode, it was hilarious. But but the point being, at the time... It it reminded me of the Monty Python, the the love for Brian... You know, where they're running around the ring and the gladiator just runs after him and he's just, <laughs> just running away from the gladiator. And that's what it reminded me of. It just makes me laugh, like you're running away from all these gladiators trying to shoot you. I mean, I mean but that's the thing. I mean, it's, it is, it's, it, it's a great mode, right? It's quite a good mode to zone out to and stuff like that. But it's, yeah. so even when we went from Retrovolve to Retrovolve 2, they were, we were like kind of concerned by that change. So you're already braced for that to some extent when you do three when we were doing three because we're like we, we are going to do new things the, the, the as you say it's changed a lot as well you know even now i don't think if, if we did retro evolve the, the simplicity is fantastic and you know the five levels or six levels we had in, in retro evolved well it was just based out thing we we brought more things in with two um and you know there was there was other things we had that we actually took out even towards the end we've cut a lot of things out and then we like changed the way the, the lasers worked. You know, the, the bullets that the the ship sh- shot, and it was amazing between one and two. Um, sort of, there was a lot of love for two, um, but there was still a lot of people who didn't love what we changed. You know, because of the type of game it was. You know, we'd made these decisions, and you know, I you know, we stand by them. You know, Geons, as far as we're concerned, are great for scoring, and uh, they make yeah, a good. Yeah, it's a risk reward for those. Yeah. And it also stops people hanging around, you know. If you want to score, you've got to keep moving around. Yeah, that's so. quite common for the first one, you just turn into a turret. 
Yeah. And then you can, well, you can do that circling sort of thing as well. And yeah. you can survive a bit longer if you circle around, but you're not going to score. So, yeah. you know, you kind of get, you can be more aggressive with once you bring the geoms in. Yeah. And um, it's been, you know, it's, and we knew, so from that, you know, I knew personally that going from doing a three, you're going to get that. But we just made decisions that we thought, you know, we were like, well, this is going to be a new geometry wars. Um, we've been playing around with loads of ideas between the team and little things we wanted to do for quite some time. And then we were like, look, this is good enough. You know, this is going to stand. It's, it's got those, you know, it's got the, the core. It's got the feeling that, that it's right for the game. That, that's, you know, let's see if we can do this. And so, you know, we, you know, we made some decisions, like we're putting this adventure mode in and stuff like that, which... It might seem a bit odd on paper, um, but you know, when you play it, you know what we found is most people they're like, "Oh, that's a bit, it's a bit strange." Here. Well, we, well, we've got all these levels. You know, some, don't get me wrong; some people just lapped it straight up. They're yeah. like, "Great, yeah. those are geometry wars. Off I go." But others are a bit more reticent to do it. They pick it up and they play it, and they're like, "Oh," and then they do realise that essentially, really, they're all they are. This the game there's just 50 new levels really with yeah. different sort of skills with, and with the, with the texture underneath it a little bit like superstar yes yeah. which is fine um that, <laughs> you know, it's... it is that kind of thing it's i mean we've got different you know we've kind of got you know lots of different there's lots of different tactics and these games these games are about learning a situation and adapting to them and surviving through them yeah, and john's the wars is about death yeah the boss monsters are hilarious as well they were yeah. I, I really enjoy the boss levels. I can see, you know, again, something like, well, they're slightly different. You know, it's that a Geometry Wars thing. And, yeah, they kind of are. It's another juggling the plate, the plate being, you know, this this boss man thing uh, is, uh, it's there. And you, you can take its level. You can get more time to shoot more enemies. You can rinse it, but, but at the same time risking that this guy's going to chuck out a load more nasties at you. Oh, and, and But, that, you know, you're looking now, you know, we're looking at the leaderboards, so these guys are getting some fantastic scores. They're, you know, they've, they've picked it up, they're playing it and they're bouncing it. And, you know, some people are re- yeah, really... And and you're still creating beats. It's still an adventure. You yeah. still want people to feel like they're going through this journey. Mm-hmm. You know, we're getting such amazing, like, emails to the company. Of people going, I didn't think you could do, you know, you know, X, Y, Z, you've, you've, for me, you know, you've topped this or you've done this or the moment when and that's fantastic you know we've got this out of which some people say oh principally it's just a twin stick you know shooter but we they get you know there's so much in these games you know yeah. you can't devalue like the yeah. the sort of um, you know, of stuff. 2084, so it started, yeah exactly and, uh, yeah. the game is still still amazing yeah uh, still a brilliant uh, game it's still a fantastic even though it's like, a bit dark um so I want to ask you about the 3D landscape, so I just need yep. to get a possible inspiration from it. But uh, why and where did they come from? And was it the first, like, we need to put this in now from the initial part, or was it something that found well, its way in? We, no, we... Weird, I mean, even Retro Evolved 2, people don't realise we played with 3D. Um, so it was... We, in the end, we locked the camera and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but it was cheat mode, you can... To oh, right. and you can find out all these sort of shapes, and uh, you could sort of move the camera around and see that. I mean, it's still on a flat grid at the time. Yeah, but it was it was us thinking actually, look, you know, we can play more with this. We can do more with the camera. Right. And in the end, we were like, oh, you know, where can we go with this? And after two, we were like, right, we're going to go further with that. It was see where we can go with it. So it was it's kind of always been on the roadmap, really, as something we want to explore. Um, 
and you know with that we you know it's certain things like one of the things we've refined for the sort of within the game and came kind of back when we start playing with 3d is where the enemies spawn um every enemy spawns as a beam and there's actually a spot of light appears on the grid yes where it's going to come and so so good and, and that i mean pay, i mean the the game never spawns an enemy on top of you. You'll fly into its spawn. That's the difference right, yeah. being is that the, the, the game, you know, the amount of frames you have within yeah. the spawn time is more than enough to fly th- even through like a spawn beam. And the way the enemies are always spaced, there's always a essentially a space between them as well. They don't, you know, it's 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 uh, it's kind of like a game. There's a get me wrong. I can understand that people go, well, that just appeared on top of me because they're static or whatever, they're not moving within the, you know, once the beam's down, you know, it will appear on top of you if you stay in its beam, but yeah. it's, uh, there is time, and it's little things like that, you know, we... I we, personally love timing it so I shoot the thing just as it appears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's what, I, I personally think that's what the game is telling me to do. Yes. It might it, be wrong, though. It's not no, I mean... That's why I think it's like, no, there's a whole string of them right there. Take them out before exactly. they even appear. Yeah, I mean, the, and then you get the geomods right on top of it. This is perfect. You watch some of the videos now. Some of the guys go on the thing, and you can see them. They're reading the pattern yes. before it appears, and and by doing that, it gives you. It was one of those things. It was this kind of symbolism of the spawns and stuff like that. And mm. I mean, even on the first level, we've been having a little bit of a battle on the first level recently, which is quite funny because it's obviously the first level because you know, and we're scoring like you know, one point four million stuff like that, and yes. uh, and it's you kind of learn because that has a lot of the more sort of uh, pattern-based spawns in that level. And um, it's almost like a weird memory test Simon, you know, you kind of like going, it's circle, it's double circle, it's so-and-so, and you kind of see them and, and you see them forming yeah. and you're just using them as like little memory-like little triggers and you sort of take a different line or yeah. take formation. Day, and it's... Though, I've got to say, whenever I see those green ones, yeah. oh, no, no, you will die. You Come on! Yeah. You get into so a corner. Yeah. You will die, you know. And they are. I love herding you into a corner. I know it's yeah. the most efficient way to do it, but I herd them into a corner and then take them all out. Um, <laughs> the, the, the other thing with 3D, actually, yes. which is uh, interesting for the game, was one of the things we always wanted to do with 3D was because it gives us was retrovolved, you know, and galaxies. They were all we're all on a grid, and all you all got boards and borders. But as soon as you get rid of a border. You know, you're kind of you're changing the way the game plays. Then, and you've got nowhere to hide and, either. Exactly, and, and so that was that was one of the really fascinating. And to be honest, there's no better way than doing that than putting it on a 3D shape. You know, yeah. scrolling off one side to the other, or this sort of like rotation scroller would be okay. But you yeah. kind of, I don't think you have as much of a. Oh, I suppose, you know, there's different ways of doing it, but it was it was the idea of like we just thought it would uh, gives you sort of more of a control, and and then like the peanut level, no, for example. Yeah. So like, yeah. again, but you get the idea, if you get to like the top of a shape, yeah. you can quickly spin around it. So if like an enemy's coming towards you, you can get to the narrower part. If you're a distance away, you can sort of whiz around and then come back and you kind of get a, a run on it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you, you there's these little secondary tactics. by doing that. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's, it's secondary stuff. Like, and the neighbor stuff, you know, all of the levels in, we put into the game, we were like, this is, there's something here you can learn. There's a skill or there's a moment. And that was that was why we did it, you know. And and that's yeah, you know, the guys, you know, put a lot of a lot of hard work. A lot of levels are threw away, you know. We didn't make a game. We didn't just go an arbitrary amount of levels. We 
we just played with the game and you know we, we, the way we've, we've got a really good system where we can prototype levels relatively quickly which is important for this sort of game because yeah. you have to be merciless and just go actually this, this is crap and just yeah. get rid of it you know oh, it's yeah. like yeah. Yeah, you know important. yeah my last sort of penultimate, as a penultimate question, there's one final question which is a bit cheeky though. Uh, you probably won't say anything about this last question. But the, the penultimate one is really, I want to talk about the upgrades because uh, uh-huh. that's been an interesting development where you mm-hmm. can actually have other things, something else following you around, which yeah. when I first saw them, I kept on shooting at it. Yeah. Because that's what, you know, everything else is, is on the, everything else is yeah. moving that isn't you. Is probably There's some colour theory involved there. It's yeah. white. Everything that's white doesn't kill you. Yeah, indeed. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, oh, you're helping. Great. Thanks. Thanks for that. So, can you talk because, uh, well, the question specific I have here is how do you balance the levels with these helpers? Because Geometry Wars is, is renowned mm. for its difficulty, and yet all of a sudden yeah. you've got this assistance. How have you balanced the levels with these assistants? Because they can be quite powerful. Yeah, they can. I mean, it's it's a, an interesting thing. I mean, what we what we did is you, you'll find a, a good player, probably like a ninja. We're talking ninja player can probably with a basic drone uh, can can three star. I'd say all of the levels in the game without um, any upgrades to the drone quite easily, uh, and and that's posting a pretty respectable score. Um, but what we were kind of looking at was like, well, look, these guys. Um, play when you play when you play some like Geometry Wars. Ultimately, you're going to get on. You're going to start posting scores. You're going to start playing with your friends, and you will um, be building. What we do with the levels is they kind of get exponentially harder. They kind of have this internal leveling system. So when I get a better drone or I level up my drone. The game sort of, it, you know, there's points where you will be more powerful because you've increased this drone, but the game length sort of come around and it'll still try to get you in the end, if you know what I mean. Um, and I think that's, it was, it's trying to build that sort of system into most of the levels. Um, it, that's that's kind of how we built it around to work with that and cope most of the times. And, you know, we haven't seen any exploits, you know, people have been playing it now, but it's been out for a while and, yeah, we didn't think there was, and 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 you are finding that, you know, even like some of the pure shooter guys from like the other games, they, they kind of love the drones now because it gives them another tactic to bring into the battle, and they don't take too long to level up. Really, there's no like unfair level playing field. It might take a little while for someone to level up a drone, but really, you know, once you start playing a game, you you develop the skills because it's a training ground anyway, yeah. and then at that time you. Yeah, the, the sort of leveling, the, the amount of geoms isn't crazy or anything to sort of give no. good arsenal of weapons, really. And and you, you find, you know, even you're playing with your friends, you're kind of leveling up within around the same time. And it's another story to share. You know, I've leveled up my drone level five, and it's awesome, you know what I mean? Yeah. And someone's going, well, I've gone to the collect drone, and I've done this. or So it's it's just been sort of interesting for us. It was, yeah, it was a decision, you know, okay? Yeah, so, I like the collect drone. Um, I, think yeah. I think he's good. He's just does his, you know. I just don't have to worry too much about exposing myself to death, yeah. Uh, because he's doing that for me. Um, but uh, yeah, although he doesn't, you know, he's not so great when a, a black hole appears. Yeah. And, uh, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, a massive spawn, a gusher. Yeah, it's like, oh great, run, run. What are you doing? Oh no, yeah. never mind. Um, but yeah, I do like those explosions. I remember in the first game, they were just like, what's gonna? Oh god. <laughs> 
Because he's <laughs> behind, behind him for ages going, this is fun. Why is it? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. It's going to blow, isn't it? Yes, it's going to blow. And it does. Excellent. I, I, you really did a great job of detailing that out because I just wanted to flesh that out because it's a key component to Geometry Wars 3 Dimensions. Mm. Speaking of key components and uh, PlayStation, recently you've announced that uh, the PS Vita will have uh, yes. Geometry Wars on it, or Geometry Wars 3 Dimensions on it. Perfect platform, in my humble opinion, for this game. Because um, it's, you know, the, the screen, even the newer ones, it's still fantastic to have this thing flying across. It's it's wonderful. Uh, although, granted, you can do remote play on PS4 with this, can't you? Yeah, yeah, you can do remote play. Yeah, it does yeah, work. Remote play. It does work. And uh, just like like Resogun did or does. Um, so, can you tell us, is there anything uh, you could basically give us a little hint, a carrot, as to say, because it's going to be out in 2015, am I right? Yes, it is, yes. So, noting the weird and wonderful control things you can do with Vita, are you plan to exploit any of that? You can just say yes or no and leave it at that. <laughs> at the moment, at the moment, I'll tell you, I mean, the thing is, right, um, yeah. you know, we are a small developer and we're... And, but the thing is, we, we listen to our fans and so we, we, at the moment, we're getting a game as close as the other console you know that's the first thing you try to get make sure you get the core right but um we'd be interested just in people like contact us or you know on our facebook page or you know just see what people think you know and just, so it'd be cool if... you got the rear panel yep and you got the touch screen yep that's what i'm saying and i'm not a designer there's definitely there's ways to go there's definite ways to go you could sort get... of send the drone off and like Go over there, and he'll go. That, there's there's could, definite, yeah. definitely room for maybe certain things. And that rear panel, drops. it's it's great. You know, Terraway demonstrated that quite well. So yeah. yeah. No, we. I mean, we. You know, we. We. The core. The core goal is to bring that exact frame, frame. You know, frame locked, smooth gameplay across. Yes. Um, but then you know, it's like working out where the wins are for the platform. Definitely. Yeah. So you know, not, it, not for the sake of it. I'm not asking, not suggesting. No, it, no, it's there. Yeah. You know, and I've, I got this. I can't. I'm not a designer, so I'm, I'm struggle. But there's something there you could do that wouldn't detract. I mean, you're you're generally holding your thumbs across, so and you're holding the, the console console there, but you've got your fingers underneath the machine. Yeah, you could do something. Maybe uh, that's just a thought. But it's uh, it's uh, other than that. Just to wrap up, really, it's actually currently on PS4. Oof, it's on everything, yeah. It's on a lot of things, yeah. PS3, 360, the PC, Mac, and Linux. Yeah. So it works, know, on, yeah. it works on been, Steam boxes as well, so that's that's great. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, that's, I mean, yeah, the team's worked so hard. I mean, again, you know, we're only small. We are just an indie developer. You know, we're a smallish team, and we've managed to get it out on, you know, no bugs, not many, no major ones anyway. Nothing. Uh, yeah, it's just a nice, a beautiful game. We're really proud of the team. We're, yeah, and we've been getting some really positive stuff, and uh, yeah, we love it. I mean, it's a game we've hopefully people pick up on the love that we've put into the game. Um, and it's been but, published by Sierra. Yes, yes. The first game to be published by that. The new Sierra, dead, uh, and now resurrected. Uh, yeah, label. For they've got King's Crest as well. King's Quest on its way, and other things. I know. Because uh, I met with um, their... Uh, is it Bob? Yeah, yeah. He, Bob Lawyer? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yes, there is. I actually did an interview with him at PAX because 
I'm just going to sign off with everyone. If you haven't got Johnny Towards Three yet, wh- why? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it's just, it's perfect. It's a great palate cleanser for, you know, the big mother of games that are coming out this time of year. I mean, I'm not going to mention them, but we'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, and uh, there's some real heavy hitters out there. And if you really want to get away from, you know, plowing your way through whatever that game insert title there, um, th- just get it. You know, it's on all the platforms that you're playing that game on anyway, or those games on anyway. So just go for it. Just It's a great 10, 20 minute sort of blast uh, yeah, and you can dive into it head first, or you can just do what I do and just have snatches of it twenty, thirty minutes at a time because that's why personal, uh, you know, I just get much more out of it. Otherwise, I get frustrated because yeah. I'm, you know, I'm just on one of those people. Like, Damn it! Poor Mr. Controller thrown across the sofa because <laughs> they're expensive. Uh, but yeah, it's like, come on, you can do better than this. But uh, it's just me chasing other people's scores. But yes, it's 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 great to. It was my personal highlight from PAX uh, when I was walking up the stairs going towards the sixth level and there it was uh, I know well, you were across the bridge weren't you so the sit like huh that's here wasn't <laughs> expecting that and uh, yeah, yeah it was it was great because especially when I had a suffering from a foul cold at the time yeah so, sorry everyone who I infected while I was there never mind I shouldn't have shot my hand um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't there. We were busy finishing the game. I think some of the uh, some of the Activision guys were there. But yeah, they're saying you know it's a, it was a, it was one of those. Uh, it's been very exciting for us, basically. Yeah, if, if you'd known where where they were sitting, if you were, it was everyone at PAX had to pass your booth. <laughs> well, that's always they had to pass your booth. That was an amazing thing. The position of it was so perfect. In order to get anywhere at PAX, they had to pass your booth. It's brilliant. <laughs> How they got that, I don't know, but they had to pass it. So, and also, there was loads of queues there for people signing books and stuff. And guess where your booth was? Right next to all the people queuing. Awesome. <laughs> so, whoever. Well, what it, better way to while away the time though with yeah, some exactly. funky neon shooting action? In fact, there was like as a as a media hour that happens one hour before the main show floor opens the rest of the public. So I'm standing there and there's us, all this media, all of the media for PAX queuing up, and guess what they're standing right next to? <laughs> Your booth. There you go. <laughs> It was meant to be. It was meant to be. So, um, Craig, thank you very much for your time. I wish you the best of luck in this game and your future endeavours, whatever they may be. Uh, you and Lou and Lucid, uh, do continue doing what you do. Um, congratulations on releasing this game because I'm sure it was a. It definitely shows it was a labour of love. And again, just thank you for your time and being part of the show. That's brilliant. Thanks for that. I really enjoyed it. Okay. Cheers, mate. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review. And you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there. You just look up the Sausage Factory and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me, any feedback on the show or actually you're a developer you listen to the show and want your game featured on it please do email me at chris at spong.com bye